Let's get it. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in the console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gonna slide. Bet I be there pronto. We didn't talk about it, so I'm gonna just jump in here real quick so that we don't sit here looking at each other for that long amount of time. What's good, everybody? It's another Monday night. We didn't say who was gonna bring it in. Yes, we did. Who? You, we said you was gonna guide the conversation. Well, I, I'm glad I, I got it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I messed it up. Then I must have missed my cue. But then I was, I was, I was more on it than I thought I was. Yeah, you was actually on cue though. You was actually on cue. Like, love but, love yeah, What's good, y'all? It's your girl Toya G. Happy to be with y'all. It's another Monday night. Catch me at uh, Toya G. Um, on Instagram or go check out my website higherdefinitionlec.com I got some heat for y'all um, groups, organizations students, individuals if you're trying to elevate, I'm trying to help you do that holler at me, go to the website higherdefinitionlec.com, I got something for you but even more importantly, I'm here with some amazing people, who else you got tonight? I am that mode of political plug, you feel me uh, as well, I put my you know what I'm saying? Foot in this whole teaching people shit game. You know what I'm saying? If you want a workshop teaching your people about equity, highlight me. The political plug at Instagram. I don't got a website and all that shit set up yet. But uh we having these conversations. We teaching people, they learn at the political plug everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Highlight me. Hey. George Lee, aka the consciously. Don't forget to leave georgeleespeaks.com. Actually, got the consciously.com coming real soon, man. Tonight, I'm excited about this conversation. Getting into, I feel like, the pathology of black people because you know, a lot of times we get limited with pathology, you know what I'm saying, in terms of what we should not be doing and what we should, should be doing. But you know, uh, before we get into that black people don't segment, though, we have. You know, uh, some sad, controversial, very sad, sad news happened in Houston, Texas with the Travis Scott concert. We know that um, right now at least eight people have been reported, you feel me, dead. We know that uh, hundreds of people have been reported to have been injured. We know that at least 12 lawsuits has been launched against Travis Scott and Drake uh, specifically. Um, we know that uh, Travis Scott has a history of kind of inciting uh chaos at his shows you know what i'm saying um i'm just curious to y'all you feel what i'm saying uh to hear from y'all really um i ain't even got no questions really just like what are y'all like yeah just jump just jump on in uh i was already not predisposed to going to concerts or going back to them they are always kind of it's just too much going on um i'm from a place where heavily um, populated events, especially of uh, the hip hop rap persuasion, are always a possibility of just like anywhere else, really. Because I mean, con country country concerts is getting shot up too, right? So let's not get that confused. I'm not targeting one genre or demographic, but just being in close places with a whole bunch of people that just is my spirit bad. On top of the fact that we're still in a pandemic, and so that type of environment was already one that I was just like, that's. That's part for the course for something crazy to go on and crazy to happen. We already know festivals and stuff like that be real busy. It's a lot of commotion. Um, I'm out here in Coachella land, you know what I'm saying, where we hear a lot about what goes on out there and a lot of the EDM festivals and stuff like that. Like, I just, the, those spaces, especially now, don't sit right with me. So mm -hmm. it was even more tragic for me to be like, man, something bad can happen to those places. And then to see this level and this magnitude of bad things happening at a place like that. 
it, it frustrated me even more. But that's you know just already not my scene. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, yeah. I feel like um in terms of in terms of what uh like the accusations of like Travis Scott having a history of inciting a, a, a particular environment. I mean, he does he does go for that rock show appeal, you know what I'm saying? The mosh pit type shit. Like shit really niggas don't usually engage ourselves with, you know what I mean? So it is it's a it's a yeah, like no for real, like it's a different type of vibe, you know what I mean? Like niggas don't like it wasn't like it wasn't you don't have mosh pits in like at Jay-Z concerts, at a Kanye concert. Like it wasn't Niggas was trying to not to step on each other's shoes, let alone exactly. like really you just start jumping. Watch my shoes. I mean, but you, you know, know what's so wild about that? Watch my. And shoes. I've seen, you know, as a sneaker, as a sneaker fan, I see a lot of posts after different festivals of the sneakers of people like they it's whole accounts and whole just kind of threads on posts, sneaker posts dedicated to looking at people's shoes and how tore up they are because you want to go out there and flex, so you're gonna put on something crazy. You're gonna put on some Travis Scotts. You're gonna put on some ones. You're gonna put on some Dior ones. You're gonna put on some. You know, threes, some fives, some some thirteens. If you really care yeah, about Travis Scott concert, you can have on the Yeezys. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. And, but people literally go out there and let their shoes get beat, battered, tore up. But more importantly, right? Because we're talking about the need for distance, keep your space. You know, keep your shoes clean and stuff like that. People were saying it was so tight out there that if you lifted your hands up to turn up to the music, they was just up. It was no space to move down. People's feet were planted. In one space, like you couldn't move around with no step in one way or another. You were being pushed, but there were no conscious, uh, 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 consensual steps that you were taking one direction or another. Now, imagine having your hands stuck up over your head. You can't pull them down. Ain't no space to move your arms. You can't breathe at that point. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then everything else and the chaos and all this and all that, man, like just hearing those stories is crazy. Because like you said, we trying to step out, but you moving too close. Yeah. And, and we just sung the theme song from my club days, from our party days. You know what I'm saying? Do what you do. Watch my shoes. You know what I'm saying? The, the rules are very simple. So very it, it, was, it was a struggle to even know that people willingly go into those types of environments. Because that ain't for me. I was, I, I, right. Right. And, it, right. and it's like, that's definitely like a younger, newer generation vibe. You feel me? Like, even, even like this whole, the whole festival gig, you know what I'm saying? Shit. Like, that's really, it, like. Y'all gonna be mad at me. That's white people shit. Like, like why? White people, yeah, like they do that whole, you know what I'm saying, pack together and shit. Like that. Okay. Like I said, niggas do hey. concerts. We do concerts. We do concerts. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if your book, there was a thing though, and crunk, get crunk if you, you know what I'm saying, getting crunk. If yeah, you, but that, but that was talking about, but nuck if you buck was about respecting boundaries. You feel me? Nuck if you buck was about not stepping over lines that would actually cause aggression to go to a place. This this type of energy kind of aggravates that. Yeah, I mean, but but I but I also think it speaks to like the lackadaisical approach to like safety concerns and precautions because you definitely supposed to have shit in play to keep that type of stuff from happening. Yeah, I mean, and then in places like because it like this was in Texas, right? We talking about yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, like hey, one of those hey, places hey, where they, they don't give a fuck about shit like that. Yeah, you know I mean, so that's why, like, like the 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 liability in terms of these suits, I feel like it's up there because it's supposed to be certain precautions. I'm about to ask shit. the question too. I'm about to say, I yeah. kind of Snapchat, but that's the million dollar question. I want to know from the uh, from the comment section as well as for y'all, who do you think is you know what I'm saying the most at fault, and do you think that Travis Scott has any liability? Uh, who is the most at fault? 
Who's the most Anybody at fault? who can be found to be at fault for their negligence. I'm talking about there's a video of a cameraman who was filming the show and some girl jumped up on that thing and told her, y'all need to stop. You need, you could tell he was wired up, had the ability to communicate with people and was like, whatever. And he basically was like, get on out of here. I got a job to do. He needs to go to jail. Um, any security people who were supposed to, and here's the thing, because from what I under here, the security personnel that was hired for the show is teenagers is young adults is people who out here this is a side gig they're not committed to security they out here with a side job and they get a walkie-talkie in a yellow shirt and now they're supposed to direct traffic so whoever was supposed to be over the security every one of them from the person who was inside the walkie-talkie to the person who secured the contract for them to secure the show you're done you need to go to jail or be fined or something like that but everybody involved because there was a whole sidewall or a whole barricade. I know y'all probably seen the VAR video of them knocking down a wall to get into the concert. It wasn't an accident. Yeah. This is when people yeah. getting out when the melee happened. These people tearing down the barriers to get in. To get in the club, yeah. And it's a failure and a breach of the safe environment. And so you're done. Anybody who was in proximity to that, you just wrap for you. All the way up yeah. to, and I'm sorry, let me, not, let me conclude by saying Travis Scott. And I don't know how Drake is exactly connected to this, but I saw something on Shayroom that said he got some some kind of some uh, lawsuits connected to him. The Live Nation or organization, the biggest but literally the least safe organization worldwide. <laughs> they do worldwide events in, in the have, world. Have, have in the, the world, <laughs> get all of them, everybody, because we're in the we're in a pandemic. So you was already yeah. pushing this Texas, so we know you don't care. But y'all was already pressing it anyway. So shame on you. You deserve what you get. I would say, um, I mean, I would have to agree with Toya. I mean, I think I think all parties responsible for organizing and and you know making the event function. You know what I mean? Like the because like I said, there's clear there were clearly safeguards that should have and could have been put in place that were not. And a lot a lot of times these instances happen where where people find ways to cut corners, they typically do. Yeah, you know I mean, and this is one of them instances where money. exactly, and so this is one of them instances where that's exactly what happened. You know, what I mean, niggas just trying to save a buck and created an unsafe environment that you know caused this a tragedy to take place. I think the one thing that I'll point out is that like a lot of this, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the conversation about like the devil worshiping and you know what I'm saying it was like a sacrifice and all of that shit. Like, I think that disguises. Like what? What was the real culprit? You know what I mean? And, and again, that was cutting corners. That was trying to yep. save a dime. You feel me? That was yeah. like the the lack of that overall concern for what could happen and making sure shit was safe, as opposed to you know saving a dollar where you can. You know what I mean? And that then caused a, a lot, like so many more deaths. That yeah. when we had when we start to have conversations about like devil worship and all of that shit, it's it's what allows that type of shit to continue to occur. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think some of it comes down to trying to make a buck. It also comes to willful intent to incite and overdo and go above and beyond what other people are delivering or what you did last time. Like somebody just, I guess, clued me into how Drake is implicated in this. Free Spirit said, I heard that Drake did a whole 40-minute set after the death started happening. And allegedly, he told the crowd to rush forward. How and I'm trying to piece together the timelines because we've been hearing a bunch of different things. First, Travis did say stop and did acknowledge the fact that something was going on. Then he didn't do it. He just kept doing the show and kept doing whatever. And then people were trying to flag him down and he ignored. So I'm trying to figure out kind of how this stuff played through. A lot of people have already acknowledged in the comments that people were walking around being injected with things. And this is not a conspiracy. This yeah. is 
the president, no, the, but the chief of police on camera was like one of our aides that was attending to people, felt a jab in his neck, went to the hospital, start feeling weird, went to the hospital and they saw a puncture hole, right? So now yeah, you have to yeah, yeah. on things. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot, just the whole atmosphere, the whole vibe of that. And it's a desire and a crave to give people that experience that they never had before. Everything about that Travis Scott show and, you know, the, the, the jury is out on what's demonic versus what not, what's not versus the satanic imagery versus whether, but all of it is there to incite and captivate rageful, uncontrolled, unconscious behavior about what's happening. You know, and Roddy Rich did the right thing. Melvin pointed out in giving up his earnings and sacrificing those for all of the victims of the shows and things like that. But when you want that, when the goal is to go to that type of show to create that type of atmosphere, it really is messed up that on the back end, you get to be like, but here's my money from that. That was just on my yeah, and uh, Travis Scott also, Travis Scott also gave full, full uh, refunds to uh, all, uh, everybody that paid for Astro World tickets, as well as cancel like his Las Vegas show and some upcoming shows. You know what I'm saying? I think that he knows that, uh, 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 that this, what happened, you feel me, in, in Houston at the Astro World Festival is, you know what I'm saying, it's, 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 it's just starting, you feel me? The lawsuit's just starting. The people that's, you know what I'm saying, that's dying, it sounds like people still dealing with, like, brain bleeds and all type of, you feel Not me, critical the age injuries. ranges of these people. I think the vast majority of the victims was in their 20s. Some of them as young as 14 and 16. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just a lot of people, you know, who desire to go out and be a part of a culture where they just want to have fun and, you know, had no way of anticipating they weren't going to make it back to the grid. Um, So it's it's wild. But keep your eyes out on this. It was weird. And I don't know if it's real or not. But I promise y'all, I saw a Facebook group, a Facebook ad that was like the Travis Scott. uh, What do they call it when you have like a big web, uh, a big lawsuit? Um, Like a settlement. um... Yes. Like if you there was it was like if you were affected by a class the, action, class yeah, action, class lawsuit. action lawsuit. And yeah. I don't know, you know, Facebook, you can get on there just like Wikipedia and make anything and it'd be a joke or it'd be for real. But I literally saw people like if you were affected by this concert, like that's how many people was out there. That's how many people they're still trying to track down to connect together, to piece together who were negatively impacted by the dangerous been over 50, people out there. in the dangerous environment created. They're just trying to reach out to everybody to see what's good. And Melvin, I have those same questions too. I don't know why a 10 year old are out there, but that's not my business. That's why I got no kids. Yeah, I feel like I feel like everybody said that, you know what I mean, when 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 that comment was uh posted. But yeah, you wanna go ahead and uh cap yeah, that man, off hey. Yeah, well, I think this is just like Toya said, pretty much. If you're interested in how this unfolds, keep you, you know what I'm saying, into the streets, you know, research over me search and being able to really see, you know, what 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 more injuries and what more litigation comes about towards Drake, towards the Alive Nation, towards, you know, uh Travis Scott, mm-hmm. me, towards that whole camp. Um, I saw that uh Travis Scott's manager made some comments about you feel one of his former manager made some comments about you feel me. What, what he does and what he doesn't do. You feel me? I should go check that out if you're interested in learning more about the story. But mm-hmm. that was the snapshot. You know what I'm saying? What we getting in next? Yes, indeed. Well, the rest of this show was going to be committed to uh, a segment called Black People Don't. Shout out to Noel for supporting the show and supporting segments like these. We try to be creative. We try to come, you know, and bring some commentary that you can learn and grow from, that you can connect with. Shout out to the Political Plus specifically um, for doing work 
uh, in terms of what black people don't, black people absolutely go out and educate and teach city employees and government employees about the things they need to know about equity so they can know how to do their job. So when you think about the people out there making changes, the plug is a part of that. Noel is a part of our network right here on the show that's constantly supporting what we're doing. And, you know, big love because uh, the higher definition is supported by the city of Littleton, Colorado. The consciously is supported by the city of Littleton, Colorado. So when you talk about people doing the work, you see people like Noel making sure we get put on and being connected. So thank you so Shout much. Shout out to the city of Littleton, man. Shout Absolutely. out to everybody in Littleton, Colorado. It's love. Sure. It's love. It's it's the, it's lovely people out there, for Absolutely. sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, but speaking of the work that we're doing, we try to keep these, these segments interesting for y'all. So for this segment of Black People Don't, we have somebody backstage that we can actually go ahead and bring in right now, um, if you would, who's going to come in and be our guest for today's segment. Um, we have today Amber C. Edwards, who is a world traveler and an expat. If you don't know what an expat is, it stands for expatriate. These are individuals who are American born and even American raised, but somewhere along the line made the decision to leave the States and to live completely. Um, outside of the borders of the, the 50 contiguous states in some of our territories. So uh, having made that decision and looking at what black people don't do, uh, I don't know a whole lot of people who just say I'm out. I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving my friends. I'm hitting the road. And I see y'all when I absolutely decide to see y'all. You know what I'm saying? But I thought this would be an interesting segment because a lot of us have probably said in our lives, and absolutely in the last year or so, two years, I got to get up out of here. <laughs> like I got to go. It, it's got to be something better than this. Wow. Um, and so knowing that and feeling that, um, it's some people who just say it and they know it in their mind and they know it in their heart, but it's some people who live it, who go out there and get it and have the cheat codes if you ever decide that you really want to get into that. So we want to let Amber uh, come on and talk about her experience, give some insight, give some background. And this is the newest segment of Black People Don't. So good evening, Amber. Hello. How you doing? Hey, y'all. How you doing? I'm coming to you live from Mexico City. <laughs> right on. And you just got to Mexico City, right? I did late last night. I just came from Oaxaca, which is more South Mexico, and I celebrated the Day of the Dead down there. It was amazing. Um, so I'll be in Mexico for three weeks and continue on my road trip for the next three months. Right on. Getting it in. I'm excited. No, I started in Tulum in August, and um, my focus on coming to Mexico is that Mexico is first the number one tourist destination of mm. Americans, which is hilarious to me um, with the whole law situation. Uh, so everyone's coming over though. Um, right. And so in Mexico, they have large black expat communities here in the Playa del Carmen, like Cancun, Tulum area, Mexico City, and then Oaxaca and another smaller city called Merida. Um, and Merida actually happens to be the safest city in all Latin America as well and they have a really large black expat community especially with families involved interesting so yeah didn't know that yeah i know there you go i but didn't know either and i went there and i loved it I, I it's such a gem um i'm very excited to go back so i mean we you know we have you know a lot of different movements a lot of protests a lot of activisms that we see here on a regular basis you can scroll through on any given day and see people kind of speaking out for their rights here in the country but I mean, I guess it kind of, I mean, of course, there are activisms that happen in other countries, but I, I guess I don't ever assume one day I could be in the middle of it. But you have been a part of that experience because we've been trying to get you on for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Haven't, haven't been able to. So talk about some of those more recent experiences with like just what, what's been running into your Mondays here in these last, this, this last month. 
Absolutely. So yes, the last two weeks we were supposed to meet up. Um, I got caught up in some protests going on with oh, the and the government. Um, the last, the first one, we were going down to the beach, and we had missed it by like fifteen minutes. And they just pulled the truck in front of the road. Yeah. And started burning tires. Um, so yeah, we we were stuck. I just had to go eat some tacos and you know wait really just blast some music. <laughs> really, that's all we could have done. I was texting y'all like, hey, uh, yeah. let us go at 11. It's 6 p.m. right now. And lo and behold, at 11, they opened up. So I was waiting for a good five, six hours, just twiddling my thumbs. Just had to be patient, you know, <laughs> for the people. So you gotta, you know, be for the cause. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's funny. It, it reminds me of a time I got some Chipotle during the Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Pro, uh, protest in Long Beach. <laughs> like, like I pull up. No, I mean we're not. It's not the same at all. Like she probably the the, the tacos that she exactly uh, had well, was probably a lot better than the, the, the Chipotle that I had. Right. And I imagine a lot more steak. Those ties burning while she ate her tacos. <laughs> yeah. Nah. It was just a few. It was some white people with some signs in Long Beach. I was good though. Uh, it just made me. It, it uh, it just made me think of that situation. But I digress. Uh, what do you do in six hours though? Like, what do you? Because at that time, are you not scared? You feel me? Like it's like a Mexican protest. Like they mad at the government? No, because they're not coming. Stereotypes. For me. No, they're they not coming for me. So you know, yeah. that's really it. Ele Elaborate that on that. What do you mean they're not coming for you? Like me, as a black American woman, they, they I have nothing to do with the fight. Their focus is on with the government, so they're not. I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm just here waiting. Like I'm, yeah. I'm oh, I understand. So, you know, let's just wait. But I mean, I, the no. rule is you can't cross a picket line either. So it ain't like I can, you know, force y'all. You, you just, yep. you know, yeah. people respect what people trying to do. Exactly. Um, no, I never felt unsafe. I like I said the people were within the community were upset with each other trying to, you know, open the roads up. But as far as me being a black person, absolutely not. I was just, like I said, just waiting. I was just kind of trying to figure out like, when are we leaving? We still have like an almost two hour drive and we've been driving for like seven hours already. So that was more so my thing is just trying to make it to our destination. Um, but we just booked a closer, a closer Airbnb. So that was all <laughs> really that I could do. <clears throat> Um, mostly like other countries, I, I have a script that I go with because when I lived in the Middle East, me being a black person, they, there was an automatic thought that I came from Africa. And so if you're coming from Africa, then you have to be here because you're a prostitute. Like there's no, there's no other way. Mm -hmm. So once I was made aware of that was the normal train of thought, then trust and believe within the first 30 seconds of you meeting me, you're going to know I'm from America. But not really America. I'm from Texas, and everybody over in the world loves Texas. Like ah, Texas. <laughs> I'm like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Exactly. Then it's like, oh, okay. Nah, she's first of all, she's from America. So now I get to experience what a little bit. You guys actually talked about the last um, Black People Don't session. Was mm. um, what was his name? I wrote this down. Chris. No. Chris. Had, that boy, Chris. Wanting to oh experience some white privilege, and I was like, oh, please, you kind of can, because you're American, so you get to experience that like American, black American. I'm still American for sure. So, 
it's it's a little different but if you know kind of what you're coming up against then you can just know how to switch that and make it in your favor that's all i really did yeah. well i guess i'm curious well, i'm curious though what what yeah. inspires you to jump into this like so you 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 was you was at OU, you you know what i'm saying got your degrees he was like fuck that shit i'm finna go live abroad like what was uh, it, like, what? kind of my dad's actually from the caribbean so i don't know if y'all know that I, I knew that. Yeah, he's from Antigua and Barbuda. And so that was actually the first international trip that I ever had. I was about 12 years old and I went down for carnival. And once I saw the water and I was like, yo, I'm a braid hair and live on the beach. Like that's my right. life. <laughs> that's all I want to do. Right here, um, and so. so I didn't know how, I just knew that that was something I wanted to do. So I just kind of like packed it away. Um, then I ended up moving, like going to college, lived in Dallas, moved to Washington, D.C., and I worked for the NFL Players Association while I was there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I actually met my husband. And he was the first Black person that I had actually met in real life that had lived overseas. And he had a whole career, NFL career. He went and worked in um, different government contracting all over Africa and the Middle East. And so he was the first person that I was like, oh, like, People, we we actually do this. I thought I was crazy wanting to go and be overseas. Um, It's possible. And we got married October 2016, November 2016. I remember waking up in DC, going to sleep. Hillary was Hillary was going up and waking up. Donald Trump. The, I was in DC that night too. That's crazy. Yeah, the trains the next day going to work. It was so I've never heard DC so quiet before. I think the city was just kind of like, <laughs> what the hell? What's happening? Actually, what's happening? Happen? Um, and so at that point, I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna start looking into getting my dual citizenship now. I can get it. My dad is Antiguan. All I have to do is show my Antiguan heritage mm. and or like up. Uh, 30 US dollars, I was able to get my passport. So I tell this to say anyone who has any roots to the Caribbean, especially if it's grandparents, like up to your grandparents, get their passport, I'm sorry, their passport, get their birth certificate and get your passport from that country. It just gives you that flexibility. It's a beautiful story. I got to learn about when my grandparents got married, who was there. I never learned, like I, my grandparents both passed away or I'm, I was very young, so I don't really know much about them. So me going down to Antigua, finding these old, like, 100-year-old documents, like, I'm yeah. going book hoping to find their birth certificate because I'm seeing pieces of paper that are shriveled. So literally being able to go through history and see what, get a lens of, like, what life was like back in the day for my grandparents. Um, it was quite a beautiful story and just be able to like have my passport. Like I had it as my profile picture one time, like Jay-Z said, I got like six passports. I never go into jail. So I was like, yeah, I got my passport. <laughs> how long, how long have you been doing this? When, um, when did this decision happen? You said what year? I made my first move overseas in, was it April, 2018. And oh. I was in Doha, Qatar for six months. Okay. Uh, well, speaking yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was supposed to be there for longer. I couldn't get my residency. So that was a mess. So I was pretty much on my tourist visa and decided like, okay, I can't get a real job. So I ended up starting a business down there. Um, I ended up 
in entering into a business incubator. They accepted it. So I was going to make a whole app. I was a model. I never yes. before in my life, like at all. I'm the background yeah. planning. Um, but I had a whole look, you know, I'm bald-headed bitch. <laughs> Learn how to contour. Yeah. So, um, any culture. Yeah. so I loved it. I had like a sixth grade spread in Grazi Arabia. I walked the runway show, things that I would have literally, I'm too short in America to do any of that. But in the Middle East, it was a commodity. So I was like, yeah. I'm a little but if I can, never gonna do this anywhere else. Well, real quick, drop drop your travel, drop your, your passport book. Like, what's your travel resume? Just give me some of your greatest hits. Where have you been? Like, oh, in terms of where you've lived or visited. See, I wish I was like, I had 20, 30 places that I have. I've just lived places for a long time. Um, but I started, of course, Mexico is the first country that I've ever visited. I'm from deep South Texas, a tiny town called Brownsville. So, I mean, when I was 16, we used to walk across um, and go drink and come back, you know, mm -hmm. many times. <laughs> so that wasn't anything new. I didn't need a passport back in those days. Just kind of paid the toll. Um, but then hey. I've been east. I've been to Antigua Barbuda. I was in it's like overnight or for like a couple days. Um, and then I lived in Qatar for six months. Um, and then went to Spain for 24 hours. So I haven't really been to that many countries. I've just lived overseas for a long time. Okay. I mean, and the, just the time, the amount of time, how did your family adjust to that? Like you told, you told your grandma, you know, you know, old people like, what is you talking about? You're not like, you told your family, you told people. Brownsville, who, Texas. You Texas, what they say, girl, you tripping. No. Yeah. Honestly, my dad's an immigrant himself. He came from another country, so okay. he's already bought that life. Honestly, this is very important for Amber to hop around and do what you want to do it. So, Damo, it, this is true, huh, Damo? This is true. Yeah, most of my friends are like, oh. Yeah, yeah Amber always been a wild one. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't anything that was a shock. And I'm very type A. Um, I'm very much strategy and planning. So yeah. I knew that it was an option. I, I didn't do much research, honestly, going to Qatar. Like, my friend Brooke, you also, she's a news anchor, and she sent me an article that the New York Times had written um, about Qatar. And it was very long, very detailed. And I read that. I found out that they were the richest country in the world. Mm -hmm. um, they got money to blow. And right. around that time, they had just accepted the bid for the 2022 uh, World Cup as well. So they were about to show the whole world that, you know, they, who they were. And there was also a blockade happening at that time. So it was really interesting. Um, but I, it was really safe country. So I was like, check, check, check. You know, when am I going to ever get this opportunity? My husband had gotten a job there. So I was like, mm -hmm. let's go. Like, I don't know how I'm just going to go. Um, so I ended up connecting with some other black expats that were there and, one of them, she was amazing. Shay, she told me everything I need to know. She's like, you need to go on what this one. Um, there's tons of black Facebook, black travel and black expat Facebook Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. You want to know what it's like as a black person in that country. You just Google or not Google, you Facebook like black people in Qatar, black people in Mexico, black expats, you know, brothers and sisters of whatever. Um, right. Okay. And then that I use that instead of Google because 
Google's great. It's going to give you, like, the overall, like, cost of living and blah, blah, blah. But, like, what's it like for me as a Black person going to be there? Exactly. I mean, it's huge. You know, I, I'm a part of a book called, a group called Black Book LA. Mm-hmm. And it is for a lot of transplants who come from out of town. I actually met one of my roommates, um, Desiree. I think both of y'all um, have met uh, my old roommate. But she's from Oklahoma City. You know what I'm saying? Popped out here, was getting her feet wet, wanted to move to L.A. And that group was so integral and is so integral. I enjoy reading through it even now because having a, a platform where you can read through the big generics and yep. get to the nitty gritty, like, okay, for real, for real, my hair. Like, what do I do? Like, okay, for real, for real, the food. I'm not sure. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, being able to kind of get to it. I know I saw it be helpful in an American context. I can only imagine, you know, how clutch those types of groups are instead of having to Google through and sit through that type of info, info for sure. Definitely. And it really gives it for what it's like in that space. So go hop on if you've ever wondered, like, what is it like? I, I want to move to Portugal. I've heard tons of Black people live there. What's it really like? You go Google, you go find find it on Facebook. Yeah. Do, like, type in hair and see what in the search button and see what pops up you'll be surprised. And that's the first step I always tell everybody, like go check that out if you just ever wonder what it's like. Um, And you you would be surprised how it's like, oh, this is actually something that I can do. And oh, there's other people who look like me who do this. Like, oh, hey, you guys, what's the job situation like there? Oh, people hiring here, let me send you a resume. Um, The Black Expat community is very welcoming and especially people who want to hop into it. We're gonna tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. I never lie to my students. I'm like, you gonna know all the things. Yeah. But the good thing is now you know how to prepare for it. And now you know what to do to make sure you have the most comfortable experience. Exactly. I mean, which, I mean, it's super important. You just mentioned your students. So drop real quick the information for folks who are just like, I need to hear more about her experience, what she's doing, how she's setting this up. Maybe there's something to it. Drop real quick your info and we'll do it again at the end, but I want to do it now. How people are, can get in, in touch with you to figure out how to travel, not just travel abroad, to be, be an expat. Yes. And so my website is www.30dayblacksit.com. Uh, if you're not familiar with the term Blacksit, it came about the time of Brexit, um, but it, where the UK was trying to remove itself from, from the European Union. So um, there's, I forgot his last name, but Dr. Ulysses Lee and around 2016 during that term where it's like black people leaving the US. Mm-hmm. So um, of, of course my Instagram at Amherst Edwards, you guys can see my whole expat journey. I throw mad tips and just telling you how I fumbled my way through this. Um, but so yeah, I teach a course that teaches black women specifically how to experience overseas life whether it's for a month, for a year, or forever. You don't have to sell everything and move. Most of my students just go for one to three months because they want just a break. Like, they just yeah. know there's something Study abroad else. type shit, huh? Yeah. And honestly, I never got to study abroad in, in college because I worked in sports. So this was, like, my opportunity to do that. And then when I realized that a lot of people actually wanted to do this, but they were common fears that were stopping them from moving overseas. Like, sure. if I, I get sick, Graphics. Well, if you're doing things like doing your touristy vibe and not paying attention to your surroundings, yeah, people can come for you. That happened to me in Doha. Um, my last day that I was there, I was like, okay, I normally don't put my phone out in public when I'm overseas, but let me go get the content. And some two people were following me. I caught them. I went around um, to because I'd already been to the area, so I was familiar with all the nooks and crannies. I situated myself to where I had a 180 degree 
So now I can see coming. I yeah. saw come. I pulled out my phone. I started recording them, taking pictures, and screw like yelling at them, pretty much shaming them for like trying to come for me. So I'm like, yeah. I leave America to get back overseas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Real talk though. I mean, I know it's probably a, a bunch of tactics and techniques you got to use just to kind of look out for and be safe. You know yourself because as a black, as a person, as an American, as a black person, as a woman, as a primarily Spanish speaker, you know, because even if you learn, or I'm sorry, a, a primarily English speaker, because even if you learn another language, people can tell your accent and quite, you know, I've had conversations with my friends here, for example, I'll say something in Spanish and they be like, the way you say it is so cute. And I'm just like, don't say that. I'm being serious right now. And they're just like, just the way you, but they picking it apart, you know, so I can know that I, I bet they can hear or smell from a mile away. When you just seem out of foreigner, place. foreigner, foreigner, and it gives them a chance to, to take advantage. If you're just aloof and like in your own world, oh, that's from a mile away. So just you know, have your eyes and ears open, situational awareness. Like you don't go into a neighborhood and not look around either. So yeah, nothing different. Yeah, I, I feel like that's less of something that niggas deal with because it's just like niggas don't go anywhere and just be. Ooh, yeah, you know I mean, like, he's like, hey, bro, where are we at? Uh, yep. Let me make sure. Because, like, we watch the news and we fall for stereotypes more than most people. So, we like, hey, bro, like you said, like, it it doesn't surprise me that a common fear is a sex trafficking. Like, I didn't seen taken, taken too. You know what I'm saying? But Sisters yeah. is like, shit, I didn't seen that shit. I know how they be coming for them. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, it, I, I feel like for us, it, it's we on the P's and Q's, like you know what I'm saying. And then even like it's it's funny that you said, uh, and I and I, I kind of want to explore that a little bit more. You was like, um, it's a little bit of white privilege that you get as a black person, uh, being a uh, being American, because uh, like I, I what what are some like what are some instances that you feel comfortable sharing where that was like on display? Because I, I do think like for example, um. It is there is a certain level of like, like exotic shit. Like it's niggas. It's like niggas in the United States. It's like everything that they see in the music videos and the movies and mm-hmm. it's niggas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, what, like, what, what? Describe some some moments, some instances where it was just like shit. Like being a nigga from America paid off. Like a motherfucker. You don't yeah. hear that often. Goddamn it. Right. You go. So like, even as simple as Tulum. Tulum has changed so much in the last year because of COVID. Everyone's going there. So the whole like energy has shifted. So if you go to Tulum, you're going to see black people all up in there every day. And they are spending that money. Mm-hmm. They spend in a month's work. Like my month's rent is how much people spend for a four day weekend. Yeah. Nothing. Damn. Glad and I. Be there. Oh, they got money, money, huh? Exactly. And so, you know, they know that it's been happening for the last year. So now it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're we're not trying to rip you off because we don't fuck with you because you're black. We trying to get your money because we know you got money. We know you got it. Yeah. I'm in here expanding. So to me, it's like, okay, well, I mean, if you don't think I'm rich, then that ain't that bad. You know, <laughs> I mean, you think that then like I'm coming here to like get you. Um, but honestly, like I feel like especially in the travel space, a lot of black people go and they do everything that they can they want to go and do all the touristy things they want to live a really just like they want the vacation within luxury 
And so you get treated that way. Like, it's just a beautiful thing to like go to a fancy restaurant and they like drape the na napkin around your lap, around here and they have a bag handle. And it's just a different way that they treat you. Um, even when I went to Qatar, I was going on Qatar Airways and just like the level of service for just basic economy was like mm -hmm. first class at American Airlines. So it's just a different kind of like, I really, it's hard to describe, like, I don't get the words from it. But yeah, it's just like, oh, we know that you're here and you have money to, to spend. And so we're going to treat you as such instead yeah. of opposite. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a different, different energy. It's weird. <laughs> but yeah, I really do be living my white privilege. I'm like, yeah, this is how y'all feel. I know hey, get it. Get it how we hey, but you, you know what's funny about that is because it's like I think, I think it, I think it stems from it's like the way that we see black people, we only see two types of black people like in the media. Like you either see like the impoverished, you know what I mean, like ghetto ridden black people or niggas with money. You feel me? So if they like shit, if you've traveled this far. You got yeah, money. you got <laughs> like, packed up, and you yeah, you came and you came to spend it. You know what I'm saying? You came with the intention of paying for an experience. You yeah. want to go back and talk about some things, so let's do that for you. You okay. might be a rapper. Who knows? <laughs> well, I was walking in Doha. This randomly didn't just basic at that time, and someone screamed out the window, "We love you!" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> like." Yeah, oh. I'm like famous. Like, come on, but hey, you think so? I would feel so conflicted about that because it's like you have bought into a facade, and we should really talk about that. But I don't have time to talk to you about that right now. So I'm gonna just take it. That would be so conflicting for me. Let's hear. I really would love to because it's it, it it's a. Uh, well, honestly, this is for me because I this is just my personality, and I'm very much like, all right, how am I gonna get the end result that I want? Boom. So. Let me operate in that in that capacity because the one thing about going overseas is you create what that life looks like. So, and that's what I do with my students. We create that ideal life for them. What are the things that are essential to you? What are your non-negotiables? What cannot you live without? So if you're a type of person that likes to smoke, then I would put you in a country where smoking is legal. Antigua and Barbuda is fully legal. They have kind of businesses there. They have apologized to the Rastafari community for the injustices that have come through the racist um, politics that have been associated with cannabis. So I'm like, okay, bet, here's a place for you to go where you can just smoke and be chill and not have to worry about anyone knocking at your door. Exactly. It just depends um, on like what the vibe is that you're looking for, but you really can create that life. Now, 80, the 80-20 rule is real. Like the no place is gonna be 100%. Yeah. So, Finding out what are the, your non-negotiables. I need good Wi-Fi. I need warm weather. I need this. I need that. Okay, great. Based on what you're needing, these are the best cities and countries for you. Go test it out for a month. See how it feels. Because once you get there, you'll feel the feelings of like, ooh, yeah, this is home. Or like, something ain't right. So I'm going to go back, re regroup, and come back to the next country. Um, you can create what that life looks like. And... And, and do just that. It's just being able to RCB, like, what do you want? Like, what do you really want in your life? What are your goals and aspirations? Like, what what do you, why do you want to go? Yeah. What's the purpose? I mean, shout out to Coach K and Cody for uh, checking you out. I already said they already jumped on the website to see what's up. They're about to head out to Costa Rica here pretty soon. So yes. part of the process of, of gleaning from you and pulling some, some info, info from you. I, there are some questions out here 
uh, in the chat too that I want to make sure we kind of keep up with. New Era Kang asks, what is a general amount of money needed for a six-month excursion, right? So you say take a month, take three months, take six months. If I was, you know, want to get out there for a six-month period of time, what's the basic like budget? a six-month excursion. You think you're trying to kick <laughs> you it for a half a year. You're trying to kick it for a half a year. Yeah. Are you working during this time? Or are you taking full six months off? Because most of my students, they still have a, a job. They either work remote or they work for themselves. So they're not just going for six months and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, and it really depends. Also, like in Mexico, in Tulum, my rent was way more expensive than where it is in Merida, than where it was in Oaxaca, than where it is in Mexico City. So sure. it's Say like okay, you need to save ten thousand dollars because people usually have that amount. Like I need ten k, and I was like, okay, why ten k? Like, and they don't even have ten k saved now, but you need ten k to move overseas. But it's like, but you surviving, so it's like, you know, like <laughs> what are we doing here? You have this imaginary number, but if you want ten k, great, we can we can split that up, and you, it's like ends up being like what five five hundred dollars a month or something like that, fifteen hundred dollars a month that you can save. So let's break it down to four weeks and mm -hmm. figure out what you can do as a to save that money i go through i look at your budget to see where we can cut some things and you can get to that dollar amount faster but if you want to get there even quicker like move to a place it's called geo arbitrage move to a place where the cost of living is less based off of what you have now i have a student who moved to tulum for three months and saved ten thousand hmm. dollars i mean and that sounds a whole lot better than going somewhere way more expensive that you haven't really thought about or planned around and then met your needs and now you're in another country essentially doing what you could have done at your, done at your house, which is sit there. Yeah. Um, or, you know, find the cheapest way to enjoy and pitch through that time. Well, that's not the version of, you know, that I'm sure you had in mind. But now you're reduced to that because you didn't really have that foresight and think through for exactly. what works for this trip for you. What exactly. You specifically. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I try not to feel like the best country to move to because like I don't know you. Do you have kids? Are you single? Are you looking for a husband? Are you looking for a wife? What, you know, what's your job situation like? Are you looking for a partner? Where the queer folks at? <laughs> you might not want to move to a certain place if you need a boo and you move and certain all, Everyone's already booed up. Like, why would I go to a more family-friendly place? Yeah. Um, what's your Wi-Fi situation like? Like, one of my, one of the, my Tinder students was like, oh, I want to go to this country. I was there, but the Wi-Fi was awful. And I was like, well, where were you, where were you staying? She's like, oh, it's up in the mountains. And I was like, girl, please. Yeah. Like, Man, <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi is terrible in the mountains here in the United States. That's yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like <laughs> yeah. in the regular, in places where there's prevalent Wi-Fi, yeah. like if you go in the mountains, that's the one place that you're not gonna get that shit. Exactly. So I was like, come on, man. If you want good Wi-Fi, go where the rich people live because they always gonna have good Wi-Fi. Come on, like. Yeah. What I help help people through is like let's let's think this through. Um, yeah. bombs you have, I guarantee you I have a response for it. And it's like, okay, what else? Like, what's the real reason why you have it? If you want to, you can, it's possible. All right. Uh, plug, what you got? So I want to know this though. Mm -hmm. Because like, you from Texas. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, I did, yeah. Because <laughs> I know, and the, the funny thing about people from Texas who travel abroad is that most people say when they say that they from like when they say they, they like when people ask them where they from they say they from the Texas. United States they say they from uh, they say from America Texans say I am from Texas they don't say I'm from America they say I'm from Texas like so yeah so y'all got a whole different type of you know what I'm saying yeah people were there were there any moments where you was like damn like I'm for real like 
out of the country. You know what I'm saying? Like where we shit, like because because I mean, even being traveled and having that and having that history, like 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 you came up in America, like you you know what I'm saying? It's it's so there's there's certain there's a certain like expectation, certain vibe, like. But like, when was it like when? I because I see now like you've seen used to the protests and shit like like what happened in Mexico. You feel me? Well, what what was the moment that made you be like fuck? Like I'm like I'm literally just out in the world like a motherfucker. Like because <laughs> yeah, we we got we got like a it was like a bubble like it's the United States it's a bubble. You feel me? But, it, it for me it would be uh, when the uh, like January sixth. Was that when the insurgents kind of mm. went toward the Capitol? Yeah. Um, I was in Antigua when that happened. And that's when I was like, I was in my apartment. I had a sick water view. And I was like, I don't really watch the news that often. And that happened. I was watching TV. And I just kind of like looked outside. I was like, shit. <laughs> <sighs> that's but- Almost like, thank God I'm not there, but also like, fuck, man. Like, I don't know. I don't, being able to be overseas and seeing overseas news and seeing American news, I was like, I don't think y'all really realize like how this, the whole world is seeing what's going on and how this impacts everything. So really getting like that bird's eye view to be like, damn, like, oh, geez. Like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, America looked look ghetto in the motherfucker. Like in that moment, like if you if you look it from the outside in, America looked ghetto in the bitch. It's like y'all I mean, and that being said, was it a feeling like I'm glad I'm not over there in it, or was it a feeling like this is crazy? I can't believe what's happening in my home country. It was more so like, how can I get the people out who don't want to experience this? Because not yeah. everyone's like down for the cause. Like I'm not the person to go out and protest or anything like that. I'm just not. Like that's yeah. not. I respect people who do that. That's just not my ministry. For right. me, it's a little bit different. If people are like, I don't, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't feel safe. My mentals are fucked up. I don't, I need to get out. That's where I come in. That's my part of the cause. Like, okay, if you need just a break, I get it. Like some, especially black women, like we just sometimes need a fucking break, yo. Just to breathe and just like <sighs> drop my shoulders. And just like relax and just like get my like head straight. So it's like if that's what you want, I'm here to help you do that. Because sometimes you need to recalibrate to go back in and like fight the good cause. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm just here to show people that if that's what you want, it's possible. It's okay to take a break. Like you can breathe, you can relax, you can just in, like take a moment to enjoy life for a little bit. Um, it was really intense. Like I got stuck in America during COVID. I was only supposed to be there for three months. And when I was, the week I was going to leave in March of what, 2020 for that? Yeah. And I was now here for four months. And that's when everything happened. And I was like, yo, like I went off social media. I went like deleted like half of white people that are on my page. I was like, I don't want to stop doing uh, I got, it got really intense for me. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here, yo. It's a lot and I just can't, and I don't need to either. And there's options for me if I don't want to, because I don't have to go through this. As long as you have a passport, you can take a break, like just breathe, relax, and just, you know, get your mind right before you come back. This is a lot, it's a lot over there going on. And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't need, I know I don't have to. So it's not really a need anymore, but 
it's yeah it's just it's intense sometimes and it's like i'm i go through my my notes and look at like i ask people like why do you want to move overseas um she's like i'm i'm over the entire way america is set up you hear me right i'm moving because i want a better life for myself i want to be happier i don't feel i don't like what i see and feel happening in this country i want to i'm tired of the way i'm living and it doesn't fully align with me people feel this way but they feel like they can't leave and they're saying anything about it yeah exactly but it's like no you can people are doing it and need to take that break take the break it's okay it's okay I mean, and a lot of it's it's hard. It's a, it's a difficult reality, and it's one of those things that's more easier said than done. But a lot of stuff you cling on to will be there when you get back. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that like the just the the college college is not going nowhere. They won't. They need more people to enroll in them at this current time. So they're gonna be happy to accept your your resubmission, yeah. your readmittance when you come back to it. You know, uh, the same thing with these jobs. We are of the generation and of you know the culture of people who are willing to say this doesn't serve me. I'm good. So lean into that. You know what I'm saying? I think the the and, and we were talking before we started, but you know, I'm in a, a field that is very secure. I'm in academia, right? I'm in a, a place where it's not going anywhere. I've I've had the experience, I've spent my time in it. So where if I ever work this out that willing to decide to leave, I know I could probably come back into it and get back into that space when and if the time ended up being right. So leaning into what's possible. It's super important. Let me see. We got another comment. Uh, Ethereal Beauty said, I wonder if other black people who left the US have survivor's remorse, which is interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever do you do you think about it that way? Because I mean, we you've seen our protests, you see what happens in our news every day. Um, the notion of race is very different in other countries. They're still anti-blackness. They're still yeah. anti-black racism. But the way that they understand, you know, raciality, the way that they understand colorism is just different. You know, it yeah. comes with a different yeah. understanding. So Answering her, answering Thurio Beauty's question, talk to about survivor's remorse and what you see from the outside looking in. Um, I don't really want to say survivor's remorse because I still go back to the U.S. So mm -hmm. I'm not, even though I live overseas, I'm I'm just saying like I have to hold everything. I don't know where I want to put my like stamp down and say like this is home for me. Um, so it's more so just when I'm there, just kind of like getting my mind together for it um i'm very much like absorb a lot of that stuff so it's just like having like again like it's not really re for me remorse because i know that it's something that i need to do to keep myself sane and so because there's options because there's other people that do it that's why i try to inspire people to make that move as well so it's it's I'm, like i'm still in it so I'm, I'm still very much in the culture i know what's going on every day and i still feel that i still absorb it I'm just because I'm not there doesn't mean I'm not feeling it. Sure. I made a choice to not have that be my everyday. For sure. For sure. Go ahead. Nah, it, well, no, nah, yeah, because I, I think it's I think that that question of option is the part that uh, that people miss for the most part because it's 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 a bubble that mm -hmm. we in, and and uh, a large part of it is you know we think the rest of the world thinks and assumes. What we assume and what we know. Um, and even though, like Toya said, like y'all both kind of pointed out that there are these instances of anti-blackness that kind of rear his head. Like even like the, the perception of you being an African prostitute, like that's mm -hmm. fucked up shit. Yeah. Uh, it speaks to a larger issue. Uh, but but all in all, it's it's one of them things where, you know, like if if you if you think that the world is like how you are, then it's like, well, damn, it's like no matter where I go. 
like people feel like this this is gonna be what it is. And so I think it's important to recognize like like what you're saying here is that it's it's certain privileges that exist mm-hmm. and it's and then there are certain comfortabilities that exist outside of America for you right. know being just because of the perception of being an American. And listen, and I and I have read about this. It was um I read this book called uh stuff white people like. Mm-hmm. And it was just mm-hmm. it was just like a list of shit white people like. And I, I forget what number it was, but it was like shit like Apple products, self-deprecating humor. It was a really insightful book, right? But the the when I first witnessed this, when it was like white people like traveling overseas and putting and like putting a different state because white people when they travel overseas, they don't want people to know they're from America because they mm-hmm. like they'll put like a Canadian flag because white Americans have a very like it's a like y'all of them like. The cowboys, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the stereotype of like white people is just like the rude, the entitled, the you know what I mean? So white I'm, people like our Starbucks type situation. Burger King at yeah. Right. And and the and the thing about it is we have like had to deal with like the erasure of the racial history that like pretty much permeates everything in America. But to everybody else, it's like nah, like that's that's y'all like racism and all that shit. That's y'all. So it, it it makes sense that black people will be like they would be like because they see how much the like they love us. Yep. You feel yep. me? Like they all over the world. <laughs> like hip hop culture permeated the entire world. So yeah, it's a different. It's just different. Like the vibes that you get. It's I, it's really hard to explain, but it's just like ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and it's a yeah. cognitive dissonance that's unique to white people and and the socialization of people in America, because the, as you as you can see, like the rest of the world sees this appreciation for the culture, and they like, yeah, the people too, like that's your culture. I fuck with you, like yeah, you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On the flip side, we deal. It's like I mean, and this is something that goes way back. I remember when I first started learning about jazz and uh, you know blues artists. Like going to France and going to all these other places and just being like like treated like royalty, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because of you know what they you know what they was able to bring and then coming back to the United States. And these okay. white people, like the original white people show love and respect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you 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 morph, you know what I'm saying, like rebellious <laughs> motherfuckers, like y'all the ones who ain't don't get it right. Uh-oh. European Americans, exactly. Like, and that's the thing, is like European Americans who have taken on this white white persona, African Americans, like we all come from the same, like we all don't know where our home is. Steve Wachowski ain't never been to Germany. He doesn't know his language. His history isn't only 400 years. It's way Wachowski long. don't mean shit to him. That word exactly. that means shit. So yeah. it's like, guys also like are kind of homeless like we are. Like y'all, this this home America doesn't belong to you. People are from here. So I'm like, you guys also need to go back to where you came from to learn your history because you'll realize and it'll make they something. Can't. <laughs> they um, can't. They like, pissed them, they pissed them old white people off. They pissed the crown off. They can't go back. They- <laughs> go and learn. Like you'd be surprised. Like, like you'd be surprised when you learn so much more about yourself when you know where you came from so it's like go like you guys need to go on those journeys just like every black person that also needs to go and connect with their culture their history their past um mm-hmm. that's why i started going to 
the first because that's where I can actually make direct connection to the boat and the lineage. Exactly. Um, I will eventually make it to Africa. I don't think mentally I'm quite there yet to go. Um, but I definitely do want to make that trek. I just feel like I need a little bit more. Like I want to, I want to show like the ancestors that like, yo, like this was worth it. Like everything that you did, like yeah, it was it wasn't in vain. And so yeah. to get to that like mental level of like, yes, like I'm ready to go back and like really just say like thank you and and, and go and and learn that. Um, but I'm I'm starting. To Journey and it's really been helpful just to find like information about my great grandparents and all mm -hmm. of that. We, how far do can we track that stuff? So right. it's very interesting, very humbling um, to be a black traveler because it's a really weird space. It's like yes, I'm American, but then I'm also black. So it's like, what, where do I fall in the spectrum of like not being a colonizer and going into your country? But also realizing that, like, well, in my country, I'm not a colonizer. But so, exactly. yeah, it's just really. So, like, how do you not become an agent of, of you know, saying colonialism? Like, how do you not be an agent of white supremacy? Even exactly. though, like, you don't, you don't have that privilege or that benefit, but you can still end up exporting that 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 mindset, that logic mm -hmm. to places that don't got to deal with that shit. The same way black yeah. people can be anti-black, you know what I'm saying? You can definitely participate in the same system of power that you probably, yep. within another world, be mm -hmm. completely and diametrically opposed to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and so that's where that weird line of like, okay, going over and to Tulum and balling out in control, where does the money go? You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. So you have to be conscious about where you're going, making yeah. sure you stick to as local as possible go to the places that they don't speak English if you're coming to another country because they're not catering to the tourists and anything that's catering to the tourists you got a couple more people hands involved <laughs> so yeah. outside outside investors you know exactly. what I'm saying like, yeah. it's all it's all there um, yeah. but yeah so it's just making sure that like okay when I go here yes I know that I'm black yes I know I'm American all knowing how to navigate that and also making sure that okay I gotta I gotta go buy local and I gotta do all these things. So sometimes it's also overwhelming. Like, I can't yeah. how I just balance being a good person, but I want yeah. to do. Like, I mean, because you wanna you wanna be an ethical, you know, citizen of the world. You know what I'm right. saying? You don't wanna go. I look at a lot of people and you know, Hawaii is a part of America, but Hawaii is a very distinct culture and the way and the reason why they're a part of America is for very messed up reasons, right? So can understanding that they're an American state, but also recognizing the prolific and unique kind of culture and what's happening there. I look at the people who have been flocking to Hawaii this entire time. Even other people on the the, the islands are like, "Don't come, please. Yep. Thank you. Stay where you are." And just complete disrespect and disregard for what those places are asking for and demanding right now. I haven't heard the same things from Tulum. It would probably be the best, you know, in the best interest, especially earlier in the pandemic, if you didn't flood it like we did, you know, and didn't come out there. But we didn't hear Tulum saying don't come. Tulum was happy to probably have our tourism dollars and happy to build. And I heard they built an airport out there because of all the tourism and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of different um, infrastructure was developed largely because of just the traffic there. So that's different than what people on the island are saying. But the considerations have to be be had for what these people at the places what want they want as yeah, a person who was coming in from the outside you know what i'm saying because again the, the the notion of being an ethical citizen of the of the world regardless of where you originate from should be a paramount of importance exactly and so um, yeah um but they are working on a train that's going to go through and I, that's definitely going to to boost up but tomb is changing it's going to look completely different in two years sure. it felt like my 
with me. And as a great, like it was a great initial, like go place. You have tons of vegan food. You still have a lot of American culture. Like I said, mad black people are there. So you still get the, the culture and the vibes. Um, but for me, it just wasn't the, the cultural Mexico that I was looking for. for so sure. it was still, I was still paying US prices in things and I want the pesos. So that's why I get yeah. <laughs> have the local vibes. Um, and so it's just being able to navigate that space. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's like, you can go to Taboo and have fun, but it's like, again, do you know where the money's going? Yeah. contribute to the well-being of Tulum. There's been a lot, you know, and I will say this, especially with Mexico, uh, I'll just preface, please carry your passport with you, your valid um, immigration form at all times because of what's going on in Haiti. They really are cracking down on the border, especially, I mean, y'all saw the whips and the, mm -hmm. all that. The U.S. is telling everybody else, hey, y'all need to stop people from coming through. So they have it's been on both sides. Exactly. So have your proper paperwork with you at all time. I don't care if your granny told you, keep your passport in your hotel, locked mm -hmm. up. That's fully illegal here. They are detaining people, especially people that look like us. Um, so, but if you have your proper paperwork on you, you're good. So right. I know there's stories about that coming. I wanted to just preface with that. Nine times out of 10, those people had expired papers, immigration papers. And if you are in the country illegally, they have the right to detain you. You need to have your ID with you at all times in the U.S. Why would you not have you at all times? Right, 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 right. I'd be even more, look, I need you to tie me back to the people from where I came from. I need all kind of paperwork and credentials. Hey. So that you can hey, no, hey, no, no, where I can know where I'm from. God damn it. Hey, I'm American. I'm American. Y'all see this? Listen to yep. that. American, motherfucker. Yep, exactly. And, let me, and it's done. My bad, my bad. I'm looking at the time, and I also I'm having this question on my heart that I want to make sure I throw out to you. It'd probably be the last one we throw out there before we start to wrap it a little bit, because I also want to invite people to pick up this conversation with you on your page, on your website, to kind of just make sure that they carry out this dialogue further if they have more questions. But I'm a I'm a foodie ass nigga, right? So um, you know, we love a good meal, we love going out, and I feel like America has, of course, all the cuisines of the world, but very Americanized versions sometimes. And so, as a potential traveler, I'm worried about my palate. I'm worried about my palate. Um, and how to travel, you know, internationally and still have good food to eat, right? Because I feel like it's intimidating um, for, you know, to leave and be like, well, I, I don't know about this. So how have you adapted your palate or what have you, have you had to try? Have you had to just be a whole lot more open? Like, have, what were you already a person that was open to trying a whole bunch of new things? Tell me about that in terms of food. And then also, if you would, the best and worst food, like, and we, you know, we're not country shaming. We're not cuisine shaming. This is totally subjective based on you and your taste buds. It's probably great food. So I'm not, I want to preface that by saying Amber's not talking bad about nobody's food or their culture. Don't come for her in our comments on our videos talking about, well, you just, we get it. This is solely based on her taste buds. But I want to know just kind of how you have oriented yourself toward new foods and new places. And then what country has the best food? What country you like? I didn't really enjoy that food. It was not for me specifically. Definitely. Um, as far as integrating food, I love different types of foods, um, but I, I I take a stop at like insects and stuff. So okay. When I was in Oaxaca, we actually went to a traditional Oaxacan cooking class, and a part of the first course was an ant and a wasp, and I just you know wasn't in my it wasn't in my space. I I left that for somebody else. Yeah. 
Um, it's a little much for me. Um, but as far as like food goes, I just love tasting new things and integrating that into my culture. And when I go out into a new country, I've already researched the, the best places to eat as far as like the best fancy, the best local. I've asked people, they send me their, their information. And that's where I usually stay first because I'm not going to go into anything blind. Like I said, I'm very type A, very mm. much a people person. So I'm already going to have a list <laughs> of where the best restaurants are. Um, and I start with, with that and try to balance that side. So there are some things like in Qatar that I loved, mint lemonade that I had never had before. That's mm. it now. Um, they have this delicious like tea kind of vibe called garak, which is like, oh. Mm. Now every time I, I love a good bev. I love a good bev. Good food is, you know, it's there, but I love a good, like, mm. y'all thought to put this little crazy. I wish I had like an this. eclectic, I wish I had an eclectic taste like that. Like really, yeah. I'm so, I'm so Americanized. Like fast food restaurants and burnt out my motherfucking, uh, Taste buds, shit. I need greasy, salty, slave food. They had chicken wings there. I've had the mech falafel. You know, I've had. But do you know how bad? You know how stupid I would feel if I take my black ass to Qatar or take my to Tulum or some shit. And I'm up there like, hey, let me get that six piece wing. It's not bad. I, I should have kept my ass in America if I'm up there eating wings. <laughs> but it's me. I, I would. I would have a. I, it's like one time. Like, I realized, because I got to a certain age, I was going to nice restaurants and shit. I was like, why the fuck am I looking for a bacon cheeseburger? This is like, you get the duck. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> motherfucker? You can try the lamb, nigga. Why are you right. looking for popcorn, chicken, and fries at this nice-ass restaurant? You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, I'm trying to do better. It's balanced. Honestly, like, last night I got in so late. And I was just like, you know what? I just want something that I know is going to be good. I don't have to do no research or nothing. So mm. I just got McDonald's. I don't even eat McDonald's. But I was like, let me what I hear. Everybody says that. better than American McDonald's. So like international, if, if you're going to have McDonald's at any time, internationally is the best time to do it. Because I, I understand it's just the, the ingredients, the whole makeup is a little bit different and better. Look, I didn't, I didn't know that. But that's the funny thing about McDonald's, though. Everybody yeah. don't eat McDonald's except that one time that they was just they hungry and got McDonald's. McDonald's. Like, exactly. like, I don't even eat McDonald's, bro. Like I, 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 I exactly don't. Sometimes you want to do the research, and that's fine. Like that's the beautiful thing about it is like most of the time, yeah, I'm gonna go with the local nitty gritty where I'm paying like two dollars for a whole meal. But sometimes I just also like want to remember the taste of home. So it's just. I can do that. Like, that's okay. Like, if you want to have Starbucks, have fucking Starbucks, you know? But also, go to a local spot and get some horchata latte, you know? Right. Yeah, you can the do that. Latte. Ham and, like, struggle bus and hostilize it and all that. Like, you can, you know... Be you can be bougie overseas. Right. You can be bougie. That's okay. It is okay. You're already traveling overseas. Like, that's already some bougie shit. You might as well go all the way out. <laughs> like, like, I don't got here overseas. So, is it bougie traveling overseas? Like, it's literally yeah. okay. So, you might as well, you know, have fun while you're doing it. So, what's your choices for best and worst? What's what's the cuisine that you just like? I love everything about these people's food. Or what is the one where you like? I don't think that this is my jam, and I had to go to McDonald's or Starbucks more than I wanted to. Soul food, honestly, to me, <laughs> is the best food, um, and that's just not saying because I'm black. I really do love that Thanksgiving dinner is my favorite meal. I could eat yeah. it. Um, I will say this partially because where I'm from. Also, I I love Mexican food. 
Um, I mean, I could literally, I do eat tacos all the time, pretty much everything as well. I, it, I don't like to eat flour that much. So it's got corn tortillas. They have all the beefs and the stuff. I love lime, fresh lime, fresh cilantro. So to me, Mexican food and um, soul food are tied for the best. Um, for me, the food I didn't really like the most was like anything with like a British kind of background to it, like the British Caribbean islands. Sure. Why people got the worst food? And <laughs> um, they have like real indigenous roots that kind of, it's like when I went to those like touristy spots, like just the, ugh, I just like, ugh, like, I know what y'all doing. I know who your audience is. I'm very aware. So I know why you cook like this. Um, for someone that got a little salt, you know, I want to get them more down and dirty stuff. Right on. Um, but yeah, just for me, anything like a British wasn't like necessarily my favorite um, vibes. <laughs> it's dope to hear though that, that tacos don't fail whether you're in the States or out of the States. They still just, you know, up there. All over the world. I had tacos in Qatar. There was a Mexican cuttery who started a taco joint there. Okay. So they had no margaritas because they don't can't drink at the restaurants there now. Right, right, right. Tacos. <laughs> I mean, what do you have with it for a good taco Tuesday? You know what I'm saying? At least we we can do the taco part. The we'll do the tequila in my mind. I'll go on yeah. the journey. Yeah, you gotta go to the hotel for those. <laughs> period, period, period. Well, listen, great insights. Great understandings. We've kind of been able to talk specifically about just the traveler's experience, but uniquely as a black person, as a woman, there's a lot to mm -hmm. kind of jumble and get and jumble. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Juggle. <laughs> Juggle. And, I, I, I was, oh, I <laughs> and keep oh, in mind. But it's doable and it's possible. And like you said, um, if you take a step back, if you think about what you want out of your trip, if you're willing to live by 80-20 rule, taking 80% of it, but knowing that there's no place like home. Like that statement is true. So you got to get out of your, you know, your box and be uncomfortable, um, right? That that can really set you up to be on a path where you are amongst the black people like Amber who are defying the expectations of what black people do and don't do. Black people absolutely pack up and they leave the United States and they don't all go on a quest or a voyage back to the motherland. They don't all go to go reacquainted, be reacquainted back, you know, with, with the continent. That is an important component of it. But it's a lot of world out there. And I think that's what Amber is getting at, is that there are so many things that we could be doing and seeing and being a part of, not for life, but for three months at a time, for six months at a time, for a year or two, and then you have the experience and you bring it back. So Amber, real quick, to close us out for uh, Black People Don't for this segment, tell the people where they can find you, tell the people where they can get more insight on what they can do um, to just be a little closer to the opportunities available around the world. Definitely. So definitely check out my Instagram at Amber C. Edwards. My website is 30 Day Black Sit. That's B L A S I T 330.com. Uh, I'll definitely drop it somewhere. Um, and drop so, it in the chat. Yeah. And I'll say this if you are the solo traveler who wants to go overseas, who's looking for a community to go to, come with me to Mexico. Um, I've just launched this initiative called the Lit House, which lit stands or local in training. So you get to live with other black women who want to experience overseas life, who pretty much are the only person in their circle who has a passport, who wants to survive. Come enjoy this time with us. We work together, we not fellowship. Um, we learn overseas. You get to learn a bit of Spanish. My script that I've learned that's helped me navigate with my that I know. Um, and just have a chance to just breathe, 
let your hair down and fellow with other people who are look like you, who have the same mindset as you. Mm. Come down, let's, you know, let's live in Mexico, let's chill, relax a little bit, still force work. Um, but yeah, we're we're here. We're here. So you're not alone. <laughs> we are here. So just come by and join that family that you know you've been looking for. We're ready for you to come. If I mean some of the things I do when I'm about to start something new or get into something different is just hashtag it. And if you even hashtag on Instagram, just black expats, you know, there's a lot of people that come up, it's a lot of images that come up, it's a lot of people out there who you can be in network with it with. And one of the things Amber talked about is just the swaths of people on Facebook groups or on Reddit groups, I'm sure, just places where you can get connected. So let Amber be your portal to some of these people. Let her, let her get you hip to what you need to be doing and how you need to be connected because you never know what's on the other side of that plane ticket. You feel me? Um, yep. and some, some of my students stay longer. They only come for a month and they stay for two, three months. Yeah. They can. And then they go back home. And that's fine. Like, we're not refugees, like nothing against them. But like, you sure. can go that's an option for you i advocate going overseas all the time but i still go back to america like mm -hmm. you can have that that's fine let's do it Come. we love it we love it go holler at Amber. She, goes, she goes back to texas <laughs> she goes back to te texas Tiriana. Myself, I'm not gonna do another winter time because I don't. Black people don't be. You don't need to be in the cold, okay? Activate your melanin. Go to the I south. Gave <laughs> I gave so, it up a long time ago. I agree. Yep, love it. Well, shoot. This has been a segment of Black People Don't. We had Amber on here, uh, letting you know about the expat life. Make sure if you're catching this at the end of the show that y'all go back and watch it from the beginning. Go check the whole thing out on YouTube later on this week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're going to be on there. Um, and shoot, the rest of this year, we are talking and having some more conversations. We're going to try to sneak another Black people down in here. I already got an idea. I think I'm going to bring a tech guy through to come holler at us real quick. So uh, we're going to see if we can get some connections uh, to the tech world uh, with these segments. But if y'all like these types of conversations, we've had Amber, we had Christopher. Hopefully I get my homeboy coming through. Make sure y'all tell people about the show before y'all leave. Like it, love it, subscribe to it. Let people know what you were just a part of. Send people to Amber's uh, Paige, go follow her right now. Go run them follows up real quick. Do all the things you know. Run it do. up. As a member of the right, top it's of on the screen. It's on the screen. Amen. And we we we're gonna appreciate it. Shout out to New Eric Kang. Shout out to Vance. Uh, plug. What you got for the people before we get up out of here? Hey man, listen. Y'all know what it is. Y'all go follow me at the Political Plug on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. And know how it go. And again, yeah. as I said, I mean, if y'all trying to have that equity dialogue, fuck with your boy. Y'all let me on Instagram at the Critical Club, and uh, we can set some things up. Call that man. Call that man. Higher definition. Lec. DM me. Don't 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 touch my phone. Don't touch. Sorry, don't hit me in it. Contact. In contact that man. Don't call him, but contact him. It's twenty twenty one. Don't be calling nobody. If you gonna call, <laughs> if you gonna call, don't leave no voicemail. Hang up and send a text like a normal person. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hey, but it's love to y'all. Check me out. Like I said, live your life in higher definition on, uh, what's that called? TikTok, Toya GHD, Instagram, higher definition, LEC. Hey, uh, the political plug, um, it was here. The conscious leave was also here. He dipped out, but y'all- He had to reset his those. internet. He had like to reset that. his like that. so internet. That's that Oklahoma you. internet for your ass. Uh... internet. I'm in Mexico. I have the internet. And y'all- Mercy me on my- Can't even connect, man. <laughs> it's Oklahoma for your ass. Uh... 
stay connected with us. It's love for y'all. Pray for all of our internet connections because y'all know I have a tendency to disappear on y'all too. We just never really know. We just roll with the punches here. Shout out to Amber out in Mexico City. Stay safe. Enjoy your time out there. Stay warm because I know it's a little cooler than you expected. And for everybody else, uh, plug. <laughs> as, as Amber wraps it up, get us out of here. Literally. As she wraps it up, literally. right? You see, I have to point that out. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to close the show the way that we start the show. We out. Joe. Me, my guys, we really live. Lord, forgive me, pay my size. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in the console. Keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I drive.